Welcome to Counterintelligence. This is Eric LeVay. Today's guest is NYU professor Jeremy Levine. Thank you to Patreons Dana Berry, Andre Dunka, William Healy, Angela Jackson, Zacharias Zskor Kaminsky, Sasha Millstone, Craig Pierce, and Greg Schneider. Jeremy Levine, welcome back to Counterintelligence, man. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Oh, man, it's great to have you back. So, Jeremy, you're a professor at NYU. Uh, you're an expert in Russia, and you also lecture on the Mueller investigation. But today I thought we'd talk about Ukraine. So I, I thought maybe first in your own words, could you summarize the uh, Ukraine scheme and kind of what brought us here to the impeachment and everything else that's going on, if you could? Yeah, sure. I, one thing I always tell people is this whole Ukraine uh, thing that's led to the impeachment, it's all tied in with Trump, Russia, and Mueller uh, one way or another, especially if you've, uh, I'm sure you got you have, but if you for anyone who's ever followed up on the whole Paul Manafort case and his whole ties to Ukraine, it all kind of comes together. But basically, uh, to give people a quick rundown, Joe Biden, obviously one of the front runners in the Democratic primary, his son, Hunter, uh, sat on the board of a company called Burisma. It's a state-owned energy company in Ukraine. And I personally especially if you're in a political family in the United States, probably wouldn't get involved in a Ukrainian company of that kind. Uh, but again, nothing, he hasn't done anything illegal um, so far. Nothing's come out in that sense. Uh, but given his uh, associations with Ukraine, uh, Trump wanted the leader of Ukraine to pressure, uh, I'm sorry, he wanted to pressure the leader of Ukraine to publicly announce that he was opening up an investigation into Hunter Biden, the Biden family, um, with their with their activities in Ukraine, and especially with the 2020 election, he's using foreign interference, which he's never been shy of saying he doesn't have a problem using, um, to sway the election um, in his favor, and that's kind of where we are. And with the ambassador, uh, that's where Lev Parmas and Giuliani. And some of the guys that were conducting shadow diplomacy with the mafia, uh, trying to get her out, not only stalking and tracking her movements, but going as far as what some would maybe speculate was like an assassination plot if she wasn't evacuated out of Ukraine. Uh, so that's unfortunately kind of where we are right now in this mess. It's sort of insane. I mean, one of the things I told you off air was that I did want to start by summarizing and just because, I mean, you're an expert in this. I. I would. I don't know if I qualify as an expert, but I certainly spend a lot of time on this material, and it really does kind of make your head spin. And you know, I kind of find myself wondering. That's that's almost part of the idea, isn't it? The the more confusing this stuff is, it confuses the public. It, uh, journalists have to spend more time covering it, and that's time that can't be spent on uh, on other things. Any any thoughts on that in general? Um, the more confused the American public is, the less hopeful they'll be that this is over and the more likely they'll just want to give up and just be like, let him do what he wants. Yeah. That's their goal. It seems so it's up to like what you guys do, uh, what I teach and the many other people you can follow on social media and read books is it's our job to try to like keep it all together for people as much as possible. And it is one of the main jobs of, uh, you know, in Russian intelligence, just to confuse people, uh, muddy the waters, right? You don't have to. That's what it's all about. And this scheme is uh, really, uh, unfortunately, been pretty effective. Uh, any, any, any thoughts on that front as well? Um, the one thing I always tell people is deep, deep down, Trump and Barr and Pence and Pompeo, Mulvaney, whoever you want to name, they know they're losing. 
deep, deep down that eventually the truth and everything is going to come out. But has it been? I think it's more effective in short term ways more than long term ways. Yeah. So like just the chaos and the discord, Russia has been extremely successful in being able to sow that in the United States. Yeah. There's no denying that whatsoever. But another thing I point out is at the end of the day, what a lot of this is about is money. And with the exception of Deripaska, most of the sanctions are still in place. Uh, the Magnitsky Act is still in place. So while in the short term, Putin's created more chaos in the U.S. than he could probably dream, has expanded his footprint in the Middle East and other places as Trump wants to withdraw from the world, uh, whenever, whenever and wherever Putin wants, the long-term things, the things that really matter most, those have not been achieved yet. Yeah. So that brought us to impeachment, and then that brought us sort of to where we are right now, uh, I just, again, I find myself just, uh, I sort of just shake my head. I mean, it, it never, I remember when we had, uh, Natasha Bertrand on early in, in, in the shows, when we just started doing the show and she kind of, I remember she kind of laughed and said, these names keep, these names keep coming up. It's like a new name. Just when you think it's done, there's a new one. And we've had what, like five new names in the past, in the past. Uh, oh Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you have any thoughts on some of the, you know, the new, so the House, just bringing it back for a sec, the House, uh, after the impeachment, or just prior to, started releasing documents on Lev Parnas. So do you have any thoughts on where we are right now with Parnas and any of these other characters who've come up? Um, Parnas is going to be key. Um, I personally think he's cooperating to, because he fears being killed in prison by our own Justice Department. And I know that sounds extreme, wow. and I know that sounds like I'm insinuating a lot, but when you hear that interview where he says he fears like Barr almost more than anyone and Barr's Department of Justice more than anyone, that seemed that should have raised the stakes and raised the alarm bells, that if he doesn't stay silent, his if he stays silent, he's dead. Whether or not the Russian mafia wants to go after him for speaking, that's up to them. And that's really beyond the, the, the Department of Justice's and the SDNY's control. But he seems genuinely afraid of what would happen if he doesn't say anything. Because now that he's talked so much, if anything does happen, it raises suspicions. Well, I think that's a great point. And when he was, you know, I was a little disappointed. Like, look. Uh, it's great to do the right thing, but you know he's Lev Parnas is a crook, and he was involved in a lot of stuff that's harmful to this country. So I was a little disappointed to see like some of the people interviewing him taking photos. Uh, I understand that you know, you know I understand we have to make compromises in this field, and I no one knows more than me what that's like. Sometimes you have to a negotiation is involved, uh, uh, but this is not a good person. But that said, we're here, and he is decided to do the right thing, even if it's for his own self-interest. But I was, so to, to your point, I was wondering sort of during that time, I was like, what is the game plan? Because as everybody knows, it's highly unusual for someone who's been indicted to be doing big interviews. And when he straight up said it, which is that I don't trust William Barr because he's involved in this, I was like, well, I got to say that makes sense. Uh, 100%, yes. Right? I mean, and I'm not saying about... Um, Look, I think anything's possible, but let's even if I was just to dial it back, like these people are going to open up, you know, they would want to put him away forever, if nothing else. 
Oh, absolutely. And I don't mean to come across like he's this great savior hero for the American people. No, 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 no. He's a crook. He's out. He's really out to always save himself like all crooks are. (laughs) I think the deeper the deeper issues. And this is where I'm always very critical of how the media has been covering this, with the exception of Natasha Bertrand. Like if she's listening, she's a godsend. I could follow her on Twitter and read her articles every single day. She's wonderful. Most people in the media, the mainstream media, because you guys do great work that the mainstream media ignores as well. Um, But I think the issue is, is Barr's compromise. And for whatever reason, because he wasn't part of this originally, he threw out a friendship with Mueller that was decades long for Trump. Um, And he seems to have jumped into a fight that's not really winnable, but he doesn't care. And you have to ask why. At a minimum, he's compromised, whether it's himself, whether it's because of his kids that work for Trump. I think eventually the truth will come out as to why Barr is the attorney general. But if he's compromised, then you then you risk making all the other federal prosecutors, especially the SDNY, compromised as well. They become targets. And I'm sure that's why Trump fired Pre Pereira (laughs) and the Southern Digit of New York's history of, of going after Russian mafia, particularly in Trump-owned buildings. Um, so if you're the Southern District of New York, if you don't toe the line, you're going to be fired. But if you get caught up in whatever bars caught up in enough, you could end up losing your career, if not worse, prison. So if you're the SDMY, you almost need left harness to speak to kind of give you the flexibility to do the job that you need to do because at this point it doesn't make sense why rudy giuliani hasn't been indicted for at a minimum farrah and nobody understands the SCNY and its inner workings more than giuliani but again if they've compromised it to some capacity if you're one of the brave men and women who honorably works this now kind of gives you the leeway to potentially investigate what really needs to be investigated properly. And I'm not promoting conspiracy theories or anything like that, but if you believe that maybe Jeffrey Epstein didn't just simply commit suicide, maybe you're afraid Lev Parnas will have something similar happen to him circumstance-wise. And if you're the Southern District of New York, do you wanna risk something like that happening again under your watch and Barr's watch? You know, and to your point, when uh, it's hard not to think about the 13 or 15 cases, I forget, you know better than me. How many cases were referred by Mueller to the to, to federal prosecutors that he didn't handle? 14 or 15 14. and 12 of them are still read because Greg Craig, we know of uh, Cohen, we know of. And I think it was 14 and 12. We still don't know who the redacted names are, because when they indicted Cork, Cork wasn't one of them. It's hard not to be up nights just thinking about that William Barr is the one who basically is in charge of those cases. It really is. Yes, agreed. The only thing that gives me hope that those cases are fine is if I if Mueller really felt that those cases were compromised, I think he would have said something. And if you're the Southern District of New York and you know Barr's compromised and you might know, like I can speculate it, but if he is, the Southern District of New York probably knows, then so do probably other federal prosecutors like the D.C. District or the Eastern District of Virginia or whatever other uh, district that those cases fell under. Uh, So it's a it's a it's a real it's a dangerous game here. Um, 
but I would, all I ask is for people to remain patient with those 12 other cases. Because they haven't simply just been, I don't think they've been just kicked to the curb. Obstructed, yes. But I don't think kicked to the curb, and I don't know if they're going to just be completely just done away with. Yeah, you know, when when uh, Mr. Barr was appointed, it was, I don't know, it, it was almost, it was sort of comical in a sad way. I, you know, all these professionals would be on TV. Well, it just kind of like, you know, really trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. And I was like, the guy wrote like a 30-page paper on, like, the guy wanted to voluntarily be Donald Trump's attorney general. Like, you you don't and have to be a legal expert to know that there's something that, how this was going to go, don't you think? Right. You have to ask why. Like, I, you'd have to ask why Jeff Sessions got so involved, but, like, he was attorney general when everything kind of just, like, blew up. Uh-huh. But if you weren't in the inner workings, like, I don't remember Barr being part of the campaign. I don't remember his name coming up at all until he wrote that thing and then was nominated. So you really have to ask, why would you get involved with something you don't supposedly have to get involved with? Right. And I don't think the media's done enough of a good, a good enough job investigating that question. Why exactly did he not only take a job he didn't need, but he took a job he's already previously had? Right. And look, there could be, sometimes it's the simplest answer. People, you know, they crave power, especially if they've been out of the limelight. Maybe you see an opportunity that no one else wants this job for some pretty good reasons. So it could be that. It could be something else. But I, I agree with you on the big point. This, The man is the Attorney General of the United States. Should, and there's a lot of paperwork because there's a lot of cases in public record. You know, anyone can go to the Internet and read about some of the things that he's done. Shouldn't, shouldn't there be more reporting on this guy? I mean, who is there he? Abso- there absolutely should be because he's got he's I mean, I just because we were talking about the mafia so much, he's acting like a consigliere. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the Department of Justice has now become. It's like Tom Hayden of the Corleone family running the Department of Justice for the United yeah. States. That's what this is essentially evolved into. And I don't think the media has taken this seriously enough at all. No one's really ever asked, why is he taking the job? How did you go being like a a relatively respected moderate of like the HW administration to like a federalist society's dream who now works for private law firms that's tied to Deripaska and all these different things? And essentially, the mafia has taken over the Department of Justice. And I think Parnas, given his mob ties, knows that. I know that a couple of requests I put through for uh, like FOIA requests for Mr. Barr have all been uh, like immediately denied in some in ridiculous fashion. So I'm pursuing those. But there's you know, I don't don't think I don't think the government's in any hurry to to release any uh, documents on him or frankly for anybody, because that's kind of how they are. Oh, yeah. Eventually, the grand jury material will come out. Eventually, Trump's taxes will come out. But Barr's the perfect person to drag it on as long as possible. Any uh, final thoughts on impeachment? The cast of characters here? Anything on your mind? Uh, anything that the audience should know? Um, what they should know? Uh, I mean, we've it, given them plenty. We've given them plenty. Yeah. Um, I don't expect a two-thirds conviction. I don't think Trump will be on the ballot anyway. 
So that leaves a lot of wiggle room into what can happen, and I wish I had the answers. I do think there will be enough pressure for witnesses. Like, I think Romney's already said it. Murkowski's kind of hinted at it. Collins has gone back and forth, of course. But I do think we will get the witnesses in the Senate that we need because if you're going to bring Ken Starr on and you're going to do it by the Clinton rules, I have a hard time. I'm going to have a hard time, and I think most people are going to have a hard time, listen to why Ken Starr wanted every little person in the world to testify against Bill Clinton, but Mick Mulvaney and John Bolton can't. So I, I think that was a strategic error, bringing Ken Starr on. I don't really know why they did that, other than he has experience as a special counsel and, and impe- like being involved with the impeachment mm-hmm. of things. Um, it's going to get messy. It's going to get nasty. Um, I always tell people, students or whoever, just be patient, be vigilant. Things will calm down. Things will get better. And eventually, justice will be served. And the people like Pompeo and Barr and Trump and Pence, Mulvaney, whoever else you want to name, Nunes, they know justice will be served. Like Barr deep down knows he's in a lot of trouble. Nunes knows deep down he's in a lot of trouble. So just stay patient, vigilant, whatever level of hope you still have, try to keep it it will eventually resolve itself. And Jeremy, how can people follow you on Twitter or anything you want to uh, promote or your classes? Uh, on Twitter? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, on Twitter, my handle is JeremyLevine92. Um, I'm going to make a website within the uh, probably coming weeks, everything. I've just got to get paid. I've got to pay someone to do like photos and stuff and then like design a website. So once I have a website, I'll send it out to you guys if you're – um, if you want to uh, post it and share it. Um, my Facebook, it's Jeremy, my middle name, Lewis, L-O-U-I-S. Um, but yeah, um, I teach at NYU, uh, the College of New Jersey. So if you live in New Jersey, that's TCNJ. Um, I'm teaching at Pace. Uh, Montclair State University as an adjunct. It differs by the semester. And then once I find out where I'm getting my PhD and where I'm going to start that in the fall, then I'll be in one place. I'll have one email and people can always email me then, ask me questions and stuff. So just probably social media is the easiest for now. And then once I get settled in a PhD program and get my website up and running, it'll be much easier to follow. Right now, you're you're everywhere. You're like the... Uh I can't think of an analogy. It's been a long day, but <laughs> you're, you're doing... You know, I'll, I'll just end on this note. You know, you're doing... Like you said, everybody has to stay vigilant. You're educating people. We try to do that at Forensic News and on this show. And that's, look, I've said from the beginning, I don't think the only, if anyone's going to save this country, it's, it literally is going to be the American people. We the people. It's not a cliche. It's not going to be a party. It's going to nope. be us. The American people, because even for the House investigations to happen, the people had to step up and vote the people in who were willing to do the proper investigating it takes to uncover um, what is a a crime family. You want to call it a mob crime syndicate or everything else. It's an organized crime. It's organized crime that has taken over Washington. And the American people had to step up in 2018 and vote in the people necessary to remove it. So it starts with the people. And really, in a lot of ways, it has started with the women as well of this country and the amount of women who are willing to testify during the impeachment inquiry uh, compared to all the different men Trump surrounds himself with that don't. 
So shout out to the women also for stepping up and stepping forward. Absolutely. Uh, and Jeremy, Jeremy Levine, so great having you on Counterintelligence, and I'm looking forward to having you back real soon. Thank you for listening. Follow Forensic News on Twitter at Forensic Newsnet. Counterintelligence is at IntelPod. My personal account is Eric LeVay. Support Forensic News on Patreon. Subscribe to Counterintelligence everywhere you listen to podcasts. This is Eric LeVay, and this is Counterintelligence.